0: Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now, here's your host, Lee Richardson.
1: Thanks for joining us today. We've got a really interesting show. I've got Alice Enoe, and she's a an nationally award winning author and life expert. Alice has dedicated her life to helping others find answers to life challenges, and unfortunately, we all have them. As Hawaii's thought leader and celebrated expert, she has aided hundreds of organizations and thousands of individuals in finding daily clarity over the last 20 years. Her unique brand of life wisdom is featured in her eight books on self-growth and happiness, as well as her long-running column in Midweek, which is Hawaii's largest public- publication. Combining her vast set of skills and talents with her entrepreneurial drive, Alex opened Happiness You, a business with a purpose to serve organizations and individuals. Alex, thank you so much for being with me.
2: It is my pleasure. Thank you, Lee. So,
1: happiness you. I mean, that sounds like a place we all want to go, right?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: So, what's the tell me how you started that?
2: So, uh, about 10 years ago, we started the business and my my vision was simply this. I had been working as kind of a life guide, life coach, sort of doing these workshops and self-growth seminars just by myself and I just thought, wouldn't it be great to have a physical location with a larger platform. So there could be other experts that also uh, could teach and we could have like a membership in a school. So it, it was just, it, it was just a thought, like how could we reach more people? And so I, I opened Happiness You with that purpose.
1: So that, and certainly having a, you know, a platform where everybody can can get to it. And that was started before the pandemic. How did the pandemic affect that?
2: Yeah, good question. So we, in in some ways, and I think everyone can say that there were challenges and there were sort of silver linings from it. And for us, I had started the organization as a physical location. We were in a mall. We had a classroom. We had teachers, and then nothing for two years. And we were forced to, in a wonderful way, go online. And so now we actually have members that are outside of Hawaii, and people can come to classes and do what they want on their own time. So we basically transition to a full on online space and it's 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 a change and i miss seeing see people in person but we get to reach more people
1: well and once you you know once you get used to it it's it's amazing to me i never thought that you know i would really enjoy counseling over a zoom call because mm. i'm because i can't <laughs> get the body language and you know i don't feel like exactly. it, i just don't feel like it's the same but once you get used to it it does
2: work yeah. pretty well yeah, and we get to connect and expand our sort of connection. It's it's been interesting to say the least, and a lot more convenient. And just it's I guess it's the it's the way that we just have to flow with the times.
1: Well, is this something that you've always wanted to do? I mean, we all go through different stages in our journey, but has this been part of your journey from the beginning?
2: You know, Lee, that's such a great question, and it's funny because someone that owns or, or a, a, a business that's titled happiness, you or happiness university uh, didn't really, I didn't start out that way. So I really believe that, that we all have sort of a, a path that, that is, it, it is uh, our own divine destiny, let's call it. So I, I feel like I grew up as the un, most unhappiest person in the world. Like I, my pictures as I was a child, I wasn't smiling. I was always pouting and I, Really did reinforce all the the perceived negativity around me, so much so that I was uh, very very unhappy, eating disorders, just you name it, just everything that um, that you wouldn't really think is is joyful about life. And what happened was, interestingly enough, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as create your own happiness. I mean, go back to I was born in the '60s, so there wasn't really any kind of uh, acceptance around personal growth or spirituality or all this kind of stuff that we do now and so it was just one day someone in my final year of college sent me one of those notes that we used to hand out it back then we didn't have text so we were just passed notes someone passed me a note and it just said why are you always unhappy uh, don't you even know what happiness is and I really believe that sort of started my journey and that was almost like an aha moment so it was little bit by little bit book by book and finding little pieces, and I just sort of built it into the ability to kind of shift what I focus on to shift how I was living my life. And it wasn't until I think, yeah, and then now you asked me about how it wasn't until about 2012, around there, 2010, that there was all this positive psychology stuff going on that actually validated, a lot of science validated some of these things that I had used to improve my life. So, yeah, so I did not grow up being happy. I think I learned how to do it. And I actually learned that happiness is a skill. It's not something you're born with.
1: But that's really encouraging to our listeners, because there are a lot of people, Alice, that don't just mm. hit the earth with a big smile on their face. And right. you know, I, I can't tell you how many clients I've, I've had tell me, Lee, mm-hmm. there is no reason that I shouldn't be happy. You know, yeah. I don't know why yeah. I'm not. So I think yeah. that's really reassuring to hear.
2: Yeah, and I really think that uh, we have so much more power than we than we realize. And we sometimes look at around our life and say, gosh, you know, I was born with this. Like, for, personally, I had a very abusive father. I had just a, it was just a, when I look back, I think, well, yeah, I had a reason to be unhappy. But what was interesting was I didn't realize that I had, um, I had the power to shift my focus onto other things that were good. I completely missed all the stuff that was good, focused on all the stuff that was bad. And as a result, really I hated my life for real, like hated my life. And so I guess that's sort of part of my, my thing. I, I just know that life is life and we all have challenges. We all have support. But how we look at how we frame our life, what we focus on, who we surround ourselves with, all of that makes such a difference.
1: Well, and, and I think you're right. It's all it's all in how we choose to frame it because there are days that I wake up mm-hmm. and and I don't like to admit it, but I will choose to frame things in a negative tone and then mm-hmm. I'll catch myself and say, Lee, what are you doing? You know, yeah. reframe it. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. it's a true fact every day. The research shows we have three times as many positive events in our day as negative. Mm -hmm. But what does the brain hold on to? The one negative. I mean, that's the way this is the same brain today as it was back in the caveman days when, you know, you'd walk Mm -hmm. out of that cave and it was eat or be eaten and yes. the right side mm-hmm. of that brain still two thirds of the cells are scanning for danger. So yes. it, it's yes. we have to wor- we have to really work to see the yes. positive. Um, mm-hmm. For those of mm-hmm. people that work to see the positive, what advice do you have?
2: Yeah, it's you know what's interesting is when you talk when you share that that whole thing about this is kind of what I get. You might get it as well. It's like, I tried looking at it positively, but I still feel horrible or like, you don't understand my situation. Uh, it, it, and and, I, and and you might advise this way too, but have you noticed that it's something that we have to practice? It doesn't come naturally. And I think of it kind of like when you, uh, when you go to boil a pot of water, you put water on the stove and you turn on the heat and you don't just expect the water to boil right away. So imagine if the, the, the heat on, on the stove is kind of your effort towards whatever it is you want, which is, which is a, a, a more positive and balanced uh, perspective and feeling. You can't just keep turning the heat off before the water boils. So it's almost like I, I, I always think of it like we have to have to practice it, kind of like when we go and work out, we exercise. You can't just go and have a salad and, and do a yoga class and take a little jog and think that you now are healthy. It's something that you need to do consistently. So a lot of um, a lot of it is consistency because it, it it works over time. You get stronger over time based on your effort on how you focus over time.
1: Well, and it, and it has to start with what's in your mind. I mean, we've it's yeah. those automatic negative thoughts. So mm-hmm. I call mm-hmm. them ants because they're mm-hmm. so fast and furious. You don't even know they were there all of a sudden. Yeah you know, you're irritated, all of a sudden you're angry, all of a sudden nothing's worth, you know, nothing's worthwhile mm-hmm. and you've got mm-hmm. to learn how to how to catch them and yeah. you know, you, you've talked about how to clear clutter and yeah. that's one of the ways that that's one of the ways that I recommend people clear clutter mm-hmm. is get rid of those negative thoughts. Now you talk more about relationship clutter and physical clutter. Tell our mm-hmm. listeners more about that.
2: Well, so so I, I come from sort of an understanding over time that everything is really connected. So at Happiness Shoe, we talk about the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And there's and and my understanding is that everything is connected. So we start with physical clutter. Like as physical human beings, we have clutter. Uh, we 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 live in a place that has a tangible, touchable thing, let's just say physical. And if you think about clutter and, and I always relate clutter to aging. So as I, I as I'm aging I'm noticing more about aging obviously and so this um, so everything in our environment just imagine we are tied to everything in our environment by an invisible strand of invisible thread and we are either losing energy or gaining energy by our environment. so if you're in a in, in your favorite room your favorite area you have the, your favorite things around you you can be there and literally receive energy from your environment. Everything there is things that you love, things that you use, things that are comfortable to you. But as we get older, over time, we accumulate so much. Like We just accumulate some people more than others. So clutter, I define it as dead energy. So it's something that is unused, unloved, uh, unorganized. It's just sort of sitting there. And um, imagine if, if the clutter has been there for five years, 10 years, 20 years. If you've ever gone to clear out your closet, you kind of notice like something about it is rejuvenating, something is refreshing, something about about clearing out a closet or garage feels good. That's because every time we let go of things that are old, it returns our energy back to us. So the older we get, the longer we live, the more clutter we have, the more drained we feel, and the less energetic we feel. So that being said, so clutter in the environment is always a great way to start to release emotional clutter, mental clutter, all of the spiritual clutter, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, physically, we can start to kind of heal. So I always talk about how releasing clutter is a good thing because we want to be more in the present moment where we're living today. So oh, one more thing. So one thing, when you go on vacation, think about it. When you go on vacation, you go into a hotel room or a space that has no past. Everything is present. You bring your suitcase with what you're going to use at that time in your vacation so there's lots of energy but when we're at home we're tied back by so many so many things that are that have actually emotional memories attached to them as well you know
1: have you heard there was a lady and she what I remember about her and I don't remember her name but if it she would help people organize their closets and if it does not bring you joy
2: oh yeah Marie rid- Kondo yes 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 <laughs>
1: Oh uh-huh. my gosh. I can't tell yeah. you why I couldn't remember her name. I can't tell you how many times I have asked myself that question. And it's not just about my closet because you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, I have every time I move, I'll look at stuff and I'm like, I wonder who bought that. Well, <laughs> I, know, I know who bought it. I don't want to own uh-huh. it, but, but cause we do, you know, we do, we just accumulate, but I love mm-hmm. her philosophy. It does not bring you joy. Get rid of yeah. it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, it's, it's easy to say, hard to do. But yes, absolutely. <laughs>
1: well, particularly in relationships. I mean, it's easier. It's easy to get rid of, you know, that lamp that you just thought was going to be perfect, and it looks awful. It's easier mm-hmm. to do that than when it comes to personal relationships.
2: Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, what advice do you have for people that need to get rid of relationship clutter?
2: So you know, a lot of it just starts from really recognizing what you value. Because sometimes when you sit in your life, a lot of people say, and you know, I can't help it. This is I feel sorry for this person, or oh, you know what? I make excuses for that. And so a lot of our our um, sort of why we hang on to things is because we make excuses why we hang on to them. So I usually think about if you think about relationships. Sometimes it's so hard. I mean, as you know, it's just so emotional, and there's so much to it. So yeah. So if it's distant relationship clutter, like social things on your calendar, things you can let go of, yes, absolutely. Those are easier. But when it comes to like real relationship clutter, I, I think it's, um it's a little bit more of looking for the upsides of all the challenges and uh, trying to neutralize it. I think it's just hard to pick it up and throw it out like we can, like you said, a lap or something. So it really is down, comes down to what do you want and for yourself and it's, as you know, it's just not an easy journey, but it is, it it really is kind of looking at the upsides of the downsides and moving through it that way, but it's not easy. And I'll just say that nothing, if we expect life to be easy, we'll be sorely disappointed. And life's purpose is not to bring us happiness. Life's purpose is so we can grow and we will have these people and situations and circumstances in our life. We understand it's for us to grow. Then we start asking the question, well, how is this helping me? What, why is, this person does is it triggers me? What is it about me that I need to overcome? So I think a lot of what I talk about is taking ownership more than uh, what we what we're usually uh, used to.
1: Well, you sound pretty clear on your life purpose.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, my I, I, I have sort of found it I I love I think what it is and I, I really do talk about purpose in the sense of, like, a lot of times people are looking for a purpose, like people say, well, tell me what my purpose is, look at my chart or talk to me, help me find my purpose. So a lot of times people feel like purpose is out there somewhere waiting to be found because once we find our purpose, we'll be living this this sort of extraordinary life. And yes, I think, you know, finding your purpose makes you feel definitely like you're purposeful. But I always talk about how we are living a purpose every single day. And if you don't look into how you are serving a purpose right here, right now, today, we're going to be constantly looking for something. So I think we're all living a purpose and we can look within our lives to kind of see what that purpose is. And does that make sense to you? Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. It's almost like if I asked, if you said to me, like, I, I just feel lost. I don't know. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I do this. I do this. I go to work. I do all this stuff. I just feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel. I'm not feeling purposeful. That's because you're, you're looking for what's not there. But what if we started to look to see, well, okay, you're living a life as a parent, you're working really hard. Where are you you a mother and where are you a father? Where do you nurture people around you, even if you don't have children, and where do you provide support? Uh, You can ask yourself, like, where am I learning and where am I teaching every day? We're learning every day. We're teaching every day. Uh, Where have you taken a challenge from the past that you've reconciled that you now use to help others? That serves a purpose. So we have to start looking for facets of purpose within our life to kind of see like, oh, yeah, if I wasn't a part of my, this hamster wheel. I wouldn't be learning. I wouldn't be nurturing. Would it be helping someone? It, there's so much purpose in what we live every day, but we're looking for this one big purpose that supposedly makes us feel good, but we're already living a purpose, and you have to kind of find a little bit of it in order to grow it.
1: Well, when you say you know purpose, do you connect that with the bigger picture of life?
2: every day you're living your life so yes I absolutely do and it's the little pieces of your life that put together your purpose yes yes and some of us more strongly than others like we found a profession or we found something we really enjoy Uh, but but whatever it is you love we can expand that into purpose
1: well you know we all have I know when everything is going my way when I Mm -hmm. when I am on my game I feel like I am I'm resilient I'm empowered Unfortunately, life doesn't always go that way. And I don't always feel that everything is going my way. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. I'm sure nobody does. But what is happiness you's approach to that?
2: It's um it's the and so it goes back to the expectation that we have of life, that if we sort of expect or even hope that life is more good than not, then we will experience the gap. So it's the acceptance that you are going to, in any given moment, have amazing days and amazing things and super sucky and super awesome, uh, like un- unhappy things, sometimes longer over time than others, but it's the acceptance. So it's really just recognizing that, yeah, at times we're going to, things are going to flow. When they aren't, what do we do? And that's really kind of what we teach. So when you're not feeling good, when you're not in your not feeling like part of it we that's where the work comes in we have to look to see what's good and it's the expectation that we have or the acceptance and acceptance doesn't mean that you like it acceptance of your life doesn't mean that that you agree with the way things are going acceptance just as simply as this is how life is and if I expect it to be any other way I'm going to be really disappointed so when a challenge comes and we don't like challenges like who said want to wake up and have more negativity we don't but when it comes we recognize that we have to go to go to our friends we have to reframe it look to see what we're gaining there's so many ways to kind of move through it um so that when we look back we can say yeah it wasn't good but this is what i gained and you
1: know i find when i look back i tell you, I, that makes me feel proud to some degree
2: hey yeah
1: you know yeah. and making lemonade out of lemons
2: Yes. And if you don't give value to it, it becomes value less. So you have to look back and say, look, I did good. I overcame that. I have the ability to do so. So we have to reinforce what we've done in the past that was good. Otherwise, it goes unconscious. And in the moment, we're we're, we're reinforcing that. And it sounds so tiring in some ways. But just like anything, like you brush your teeth, it's a habit. Uh, the, the way that we approach life and look at life, it as you bec- make it more habitual as to what to look for. Like you mentioned, like the negative thoughts, like ants, all of a sudden they're just like crawling all over your mind and you go, oh shoot, ants. And then, and then, and then sometimes you can't get rid of the ants in your head. So you have to put a positive spin on it, or you have to look to see, to uh, balance. So it's, it's, it's the awareness, I think more than anything that's helpful in life, the awareness of, of where we're at internally and what we're manifesting externally by how we're thinking. So you know,
1: awareness is so important. And one of the things that mm-hmm. I have found, people that are suffering with depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. they've they've lost their self awareness, and yeah. because they get stuck, and mm-hmm. they have they have forgotten the good times, and they've forgotten uh, options and alternatives. They're stuck. Yeah. So yeah. for, those, for those people that have lost their self-awareness, are there exercises or techniques that you use with them to help them increase that self-awareness?
2: You know, I do. And it, it's actually, I got it from, this is when I first got into it when I wanted to open Happy and I remember Harvard came out with this, uh, this uh, study that, that talked about, we all heard about rewiring the brain and thinking more positive. But they gave a specific, uh, a specific way to do so, which I've, I've been able to use really successfully. And it's so simple. People say, Oh, yeah, 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 simple. I do gratitude exercises, but it's the way that they have you do it. It's, it's, they, they said at the end of every day, no matter how you feel is a good day, a bad day, whatever kind of day, you look back over the day and you find three specific and the key is specific things that went well. Even in the crummiest, crummiest day, you can look back and say, "Oh, a neighbor opened the door for me, or something." It may seem insignificant, but it's a consistency. So you do this every day. At the end of the day, you look back, you find three specific things. So it has to be specific. It can't be, "Oh, it was a nice day." It has to be, "It was a nice day, and I was able to feel the sun on my skin," and and uh, you have to be specific, basically.
1: Well, you know, I I use uh-huh. that. You
2: do that one. I use oh, that Harvard, Harvard
1: study too. I did. I did it's too. So great. And I think now I get asked all the time, well, can it be the same three things the next day? What's your answer to that?
2: I say, I just say find three, some, three things like it can be anything. So some people can't find three things. <laughs> so we have to use the same try. But I always try to help them. But the, the whole key was you do it seven days. If you miss a day, you got to start over. But they said that by the eighth day, I'm sure you read this, that, the, that you actually can have shifted a perspective in, in your brain. In just seven days, and I've found it to really be um, valuable to give someone somewhere to start.
1: Wow! And you think about that, that's not you know seven days—that's a week. I can close my eyes and try to remember last Thursday. So we've <laughs> got about we've got about four minutes before we go to break, and mm-hmm. we've talked about what well, we've talked about you and your mm-hmm. journey, and looking mm-hmm. back on that journey, it sounds like that. You know, someone gave you a gift. They helped to see that you weren't that you weren't happy. And the way that you responded to that was amazing. If somebody doesn't respond to and I call it a gift because I think it Mm -hmm. is a gift. But if somebody Mm -hmm. doesn't respond in that positive way and they respond negatively, you know, give us like three minutes worth of advice on that.
2: I think part of it is that we can't um, force a drink, a horse to drink water until they're ready. You can lead them. And so I think it's just the acceptance that when it's time, time that the the person's individual, their, let's call it, their soul, their individual nature, whatever it is within them. I think that it can, it's the consistency. So we just stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, until the breakthrough of the awareness happens. And sometimes it takes longer than others. And again, like when you're in a space of feeling blah, nothing is exciting. Nothing feels good. And they don't, there's even not even a desire to, 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 to move into a better space. So I think it's just sticking, just accepting that this is, this is where it's at and just keep moving forward. But yeah, it's not easy. Not at all when you're in that dark place. Well, I have to ask because I thought you were a Hawaii
1: lady, but you're using some Texas lingo here. You can lead a horse, in
2: corner, but you can't. Go it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a horse in years.
1: <laughs> yes. When I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I grew up, um, you know, I that's. As soon as you started that phrase, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I, I know that one well." And I think there's there's a lot of truth to it. People absolutely have to be ready. And yeah. I've learned the hard way that readiness most times starts with acceptance of where mm-hmm. one is. And yeah. that sometimes that can be the biggest step is to get somebody to just accept where they are. Mm-hmm. And what they mm-hmm. want to change. Because it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to just put your head in the sand and tell yourself, oh, it's going to go away. You know what? When I get that new mm-hmm. job or when, when this happens or this, you know, everything's going to be so much better. Um, or yeah. you let, or you let the big old but stand in the way. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to do that, but. Mm-hmm
2: yeah see so there's so much and it is that present moment like we're living life today but yet we're sort of tied down by all of this stuff in the past and so it's really like you, you were talking earlier that clearing clutter and letting go um and uh, every single way and there's so many levels and layers and complexities to it all but I promise like we just start moving on this journey somehow the miraculousness of of of, of this universe starts to move us into a better place but it just still starts with us and sometimes the stepping forward is just standing still for a while well you know and yeah
1: you do have to believe i think you have to believe in the power of the universe and Mm -hmm. i'm I, I like to talk spirituality. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. talk religion. But I think mm-hmm. that you have to believe that there is a higher power. And we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about more of the things that you can do for yourself and to, to create that life
0: purpose. We'll be back after these messages. Spend a lot of time in front of it, but do you know who invented the television set? The short answer is John Logie Baird, who invented the television set in 1925. The longer answer is that many people worked on different inventions that eventually came together to make a television set. The very first television show was a broadcast of the opening ceremony of the New York World's Fair in 1939. The first television commercial was for Boulevard Watches. The cost of that commercial? Four dollars. And so began the Herkel durkle and Thurgy lurgy or the idle relaxation of watching television. Of course, in the early days, we got a lot of exercise watching TV. We had to walk both ways to the television set to change the channel. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back now. Here is your host, Lee Richardson.
1: So, before break, we were talking about you know, finding the positive parts in life and finding getting support. And and one of the things that I have always found to be helpful is to have a community where I can go for support. And sometimes that's going to a gym um, mm-hmm. that supports that supports my physical exercise regimen. And sometimes mm-hmm. that support can, can come from going to a church. What mm-hmm. what advice do you have to help people understand the importance of community?
2: Yeah, you, you know, and I, you probably found this too, but sometimes our own friends and family are maybe not as supportive um, to our hopes, dreams, wishes. They sort of have ideas of what you can and cannot do and, should and shouldn't do, and there's all these filters around what they want. So I really do suggest that, it's um, important to find a, a group of people that are, are, let's use the word, just more supportive or of, of you as an individual human being. And so, yeah, so like every, everything from gyms to walking clubs to all of that, there's a, there's a website called meetup.com that a lot of times uh, people that come and they're looking for a community, they can find community. And I think it's great that you asked this question, actually, because that's kind of why the uh, the mem of our, our happiness you uh our our community it, uh, being online has been such a uh, a gift only because think about this you enter a community that is uh it is there to support you people will encourage you in ways that your friends and family wouldn't so wherever you find that community yeah so church or anywhere uh, and because you you sometimes the people in our lives that we've been hanging on with kind of limit us in some way. So community can actually support us to grow in ways that we never imagined. Uh, Just strangers giving you uh, positive comments about your your drawings that you might want to put on greeting cards. It doesn't really matter what, but when you bring yourself to the the table of a community that is supportive, we can much more easily grow. And, And I think that's the beautiful part about human beings. We're empathic, we understand, we want other people to succeed when we're in our hearts. Well, and I think most people do, it's just hard to express
1: and it's hard to, and sometimes it's just, I don't have the nerve, you know, to put myself out for that other person. So, I mean, for me, what ties to my happiness is my Mm -hmm. uh, physical exercise. And Mm -hmm. you have done the most amazing type of exercise. That I've never I've, that I've never heard of before, and it's called face yoga. And let me oh tell you, God. listeners, I've seen pictures of 2017 and 2022. And why do you think I'm asking the question? I want to do it. Tell us about that. It's, it's so amazing.
2: So as so as I started approach, well, I let's just say I I I'm almost sixty. Uh, but when I started, I got to when I was around fifty, I started noticing like my skin was drooping. I had these jowls. My eyelids were falling on top of my eyelashes. And it, I didn't like it, but I wasn't really going to, I didn't feel the need to go get cosmetic procedures done, but I didn't, I didn't care for it. Anyway, over the pandemic, the funniest thing, I uh, I saw something on some some internet thing about this lady that kind of moves her face funny and exercises the muscles. So I went on Amazon and I bought a book, like the five minute face yoga book. And I practiced the exercise. We had so much time watching television in the in the house. I was doing it at night and, and just some exercises. And one morning, my other half, he looked at me and he says, wow, have you looked at your face lately? And I looked in the mirror and my jowls were gone. I was like, oh, my God. So then I went, I bought videos and I, di- I bought this. I did that. And I started getting into it. Then I got instructors, and then I decided, why not go get certified? So, so Lee, this is the bottom line. We have 57 muscles in our face, um, upper, our, our neck and face. Over time, the only time we, we move the muscles in our face is to talk or express ourselves. So our muscles become very lax, and our muscles are connected to our skin. So as our muscles get lax and our skin, our collagen and elastin start breaking down, We start to show turkey neck, all those things we don't like, marionette lines, nasolabial folds, all that stuff. So when you start to exercise your face, which simply means we hold our face in certain positions uh, and isolating muscles and making funny-looking faces, but the, the muscles on our face are so thin and so responsive that you see results within two to four weeks easily simply because you've never exercised your face before. And so if your muscles are connected to your skin, when you lift your muscles, your skin lifts and you look more useful. And facial yoga involves things like massage of our face. It's like a self-care thing, massage to get rid of the puffy eyes and the lymphatic draining of the face so that you, your face is healthy. So I found this thing to be so amazing. So, yes, I added it to our, our happiness to things that we do.
1: Oh, that's just amazing. So, for those that want to do it, do you have a book on it, or?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: You know what we have, though. We can give
2: you a link uh, for just for your listeners that actually has a face yoga. I think I have on there a 50 minute face yoga um, uh, instructional video. So you can actually go on there and just follow it. It's just you just go on there, and then you have the only requirement is a clean face and clean hands. You tie your hair back, and then you have a little facial oil or some sort of moisturizer because when we do the massage, we need the, the slipping guide. So we're stimulating, bringing more blood flow to the face. Collagen, elastin loves blood flow. So we really are able to rejuvenate our face. And the best part about facial, but let me tell you, this is the best part. Yes, you do lift your face, but the best part is every morning, usually females, not always, it could be males or females, we wake up in the morning and we notice like, oh my gosh, look at those eye bags. Look at those, look at those nasal, those like wrinkles. We've noticed what's not good. And so this way through face yoga, now we're looking in the mirror, looking for our improvement. So we're adding positivity to our face.
1: Well, I think that's amazing to think that anything that you could do at your house, just wake up and yeah. and, and make yourself feel beautiful, look beautiful, improve your health, all of yeah. that
2: you're putting value into yourself so we have these we have live exercise classes twice a week so you you actually you sit in front of the computer in your own home and it's just a small little face club we have maybe like anywhere from six to eight people might join on to do it we have we have like hundreds of people in the face club but not many people come on live but you come on live and it's a whole meditation self-care you massage your face you do make funny faces together and at the end of the day you just feel like wow i did something healthy for myself So I find it to be one of the best self-care things because our face is what we show to the world. And if we feel good about, if we feel like we're looking like our best self, I don't really want to go back to looking how I was. I just really want to look as good as I can where I am today. And I think that's what I love about face yoga.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to go back and look like I I did when I was 21 (laughs) because I'm not 21. Exactly, But I do want to look my best. And I think everybody does. So, but those are things that takes time, that Mm -hmm. takes placing yourself a priority. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see a lot of people have a hard time prioritizing themselves. They can prioritize other things in their life. But, and I often wonder, why can't you prioritize yourself? Is it because... Maybe you don't really know yourself. Um,
2: yeah, I think we're just in condition that like helping others is the greatest good. And then we want to be loved. And so we subordinate to other people's authority. And it's just a lot of just coming back to self. I really feel like what is life all about? It's like coming back to yourself. Who are you? Because once I know myself, I know how, how I want to operate in life. So much of our challenges is because we're not focusing on ourselves. And being, focusing on ourselves does not mean selfish or egotistical or narcissistic. It simply means talking to you like, what do you want? You're not who you were 10 years ago. You are who you are today. But we just sometimes don't like to face the choices that we've made leading us to where we are today. We blame and complain instead of looking and just saying, what What can I do? What is one small step? We all want that. We want like that happy life, the big purpose. We want everything right now. But it's a, it's, cultivating. it's something you cultivate. Like nothing happens overnight. It's like it's, it starts with a desire to know who I am. And I think from there, everything starts to move. When it's, when it's like, why isn't things the way I want them to be? That's where we sort of get stuck. So I think that awareness that it really is up to me and that awareness that it's not what others are doing to me. It's kind of what am I doing for me it's that it's that constant reminder to balance ourselves out. Usually, um, it's it's just it's it's a journey. It's never easy. I don't know anyone who has an easy life.
1: But I know a lot of people that have a great life if they're willing to do the work and they're willing mm-hmm. to put the yeah. energy. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah. we all
1: yeah. we we all have greatness within us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, how do we? shine the light on seeing that. And it really starts by valuing our thoughts. Like, who who am I? Like, if you ask yourself that question, you'll be like, oh, I'm a mother, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a this. But when you get beyond the labels, then it, it, you're just a person that wants to feel good, right? You want to do good. No, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to do less, be less, have a negative day. Intrinsically, we want more, but sometimes we think life is beating us down. So where do we start? We just start from taking a deep breath and being present. And that sometimes is all we need. We're just racing around so much. And, and whether it's space or whether it's exercising, whether it's taking walks, it, it, it is all that we talked about is let's look for one good thing. Let's look for something that is worth living for. And we have to start small, be consistent over time. Eventually that pot of water will boil, but you can't just put the pot of water on your stove, turn on the heat, and then turn it off like five seconds later saying, hey, it's not working. And turn it on again and off again and on again. You're never going to boil that water. So it's really the commitment to self. Just like you would commit to reading a book, watching a movie, going on a date, whatever you commit to, committing to yourself is is really where it starts. And that's where you say, I'm going to join this community. I'm going to go do this. And it could be something small or it could be something big. But you have to start and it has to be leading you towards yourself
1: and how hard can that be for some folks because you know some people can yeah. jump right in and and say mm-hmm. okay I just need a little guidance you know give me give me some ideas give direction, me... right? yeah
2: mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. some for some
1: people when you try to throw direction at them they just try and throw it right back at you yeah
2: and that's the horse right <laughs> the yeah, horse there you is. go <laughs> there's the horse And so there's only so much you can do. We can only care so much. We can't sacrifice ourselves to fuel other people with our life force. I think that we want to be there and be open and be loving and kind and show the way. And sometimes it just takes a little while longer. And That's why when it's, when you don't know where to start or where to go, you just have to make yourself go. It's sometimes it's not just going to come to your doorstep. And I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's difficult we all have gone through things and have perceptions of of why we went through them but um i i there's always hope and i, I really do mean that there, there's hope and sometimes it takes a little bit longer to see that spark but as long as you're moving in the right direction and that what what that is is surrounding yourself with support that you need and there's resources out there uh that that are community resources and just um just Trying something different sometimes. Other we get otherwise we get stuck in a rut of of just this sucky life.
1: Well, you know, I think people are always looking for something to inspire them. I have a client that's very mm-hmm. much into her horoscope. And mm-hmm. so read her horoscope. And if she's got mm-hmm. a good reading for the day, she is so pumped. And mm-hmm. I think that there is some I think there is some truth in astrology. Um mm-hmm. but you know to me astrology is kind of like fortune cookies when i get a fortune cookie that i really like oh mm-hmm. i believe it and when mm-hmm. i get one i don't like i tend to kind of uh eh, it's a fortune cookie so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but do you think astrology ties in with the life cycles that we go through
2: so i've been an astrologer now for about 22 years professionally and um i'll i'll just say that what, I was not of I was not into astrology. I wasn't really into it at all. Someone had given me a, a gift certificate years and years this is over 20 years ago. and um, I just didn't want it to go to waste. so I went to see this guy and he had told me that and this is sort of why I became an astrologer. He said that at that time, so at the time I went to see him, I was at the prime of my career. I was a television host in Japan and Hawaii. I had. Sponsorships, paid sponsorships, Nike, Polo, Wrestler, and all these big companies. I was on top of the world. I was in my 30s. I couldn't go down. Like I had millions of fans in Japan, so everything was like going so well. So he told me that in April, two years from that date, my life was going to go on a complete different path. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'm in my 30s. I guess um, I'll be producing and directing. I just thought that television was going to be my life and he said in april of the year 2000 you you would go on a different direction so i wrote it in my palm pilot back then these Palm these little electronic calendar palm pilot things and i wrote in there two years in the future facetiously astrologer says oh uh pluto was going to move my career in a new direction i completely forgot about it until i got fired on april 1st of the year 2000 right I went down to unemployment because uh, they sold our new studio. My Japan TV news was sold. And so I went down to collect unemployment and I opened up my Palm Pilot calendar, electronic calendar to that day. And something I'd written, it was almost like three years ago, said astrologer said life change. And it freaked me out. I was like, Oh my goodness. How in the world could this guy know that I was going to completely change careers. And at that moment at unemployment office, I decided I wanted to learn about life cycles. I wanted to learn how to track people's lives. And so I spent, um, I became somewhat of a hermit for about seven years. And all I did was I was fortunate enough to have met my partner at that time. He had a condo that I could just sit in and study the mysteries of the universe. And so for years, I didn't go out and all I did was study, track people's lives, track people's lives. And to this date, I've done over 10,000 readings. And I'll just tell you, every single person has a path, every single person has a divine destiny, every single person has their upsides and their downsides and their life lessons. So how do they match the cycle of life? Look at your life, look back. Sometimes you change jobs, you get fired, or you open your own business. Sometimes you get relationships, you go through hardship. None of that, it's never like, a. I can't tell you a fortune, like I can't predict your future. But what astrology does, and all it does, it tells you about timing. Is it a good time for this? Is it a good time for that? So, for example, if you have favorable themes around you, you will feel better. And if you have challenging themes, we have to work through those themes because you're getting something from it. So, yeah, so I guess for me, I don't think of it like as a belief. I just see it as it's a way to track our lives and to understand who we are and why we are the way we are. And every single person has their own chart, their own mystery, their own history, and we have our own path. And I think astrology is just a way to kind of see it. And all the astrology that you see, like in magazines and newspaper, that is all very general. So it applies to the masses. So you're not going to get real deep insight from that. But, you know, on a, yeah. So that's a long story. But yes, I, I think that astrology shows, shows our path.
1: Now, I find that very, very interesting how it played out in your life.
2: Because oh, things... It plays out in, yeah. So, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but when it's something crazy. plays
1: out in my life, I'm a believer. I, I truly am. And
2: yeah.
1: so is that something yeah. that you do at the happiness you or is that something that you do on so your own?
2: I, I think it's true happiness you, but we're. I, I, I think what happened was as I started to grow, I really only have a limited amount of time. So I still take on astrology clients, uh, but they just have a longer wait to get in, but uh, and it's, it's, it's a fascinating journey to understand the thumbprint. Like, so what it is, is it's based on your time of birth, your longitude and latitude. So if you just imagine every single person is born at a certain place on the planet and at a certain time. And at that time, if we take a photo of the sky or basically the positions of the planets in the sky, we start to understand who you are what your potentials are. It doesn't tell you success or failure, none of that. That's all up to you. It doesn't predict anything about your life, but it tells you a little bit more why you are the way you are. And and it it gives you a little bit more direction, a little bit more. Uh, And a lot of times, I don't think we need astrology to know our lives. I think we can find it through just our own life. But sometimes we need a little guide. And it kind of helps us to understand sometimes why we're going through what we're going through and most importantly when does something end like if you're going through a hardship your spouse passed away or your animal passed away or you're going through something really challenging most people want to know like when is it going to end so the light at the end of the tunnel that is extremely accurate like what when am I going to get through this I can actually say oh March April you'll look back and say thank God I'm through it and sometimes when you're in the midst of darkness you can't see the end of it so you need a little bit of hope on the outside to say you know what just hang in there just keep moving
1: oh i think that just having hope and something to look forward to and something because you can i believe that a lot of the energy that you put out what goes around comes around
2: Mm. yeah if you put that good
1: energy out there it's going to come right back at you so Mm -hmm. i am a big believer Mm -hmm. in that yeah
2: yeah and it's interesting there's just so many ways to go about uh, life and learning about things. And I think that's kind of the thing about life. Somebody maybe is listening right now, they never heard about astrology, might find this to be val- valuable for them. And that might go on and change how they view what's going on. Or somebody might have said, we might have said something that triggered them in some way. I think we're all impacting people uh, day by day. And that's what I go, we go back to the purpose, like every single person impacts another person, every single person has a value to someone else. And unless you see that value within yourself, you're not going to be able to create that value that you're looking for in your life, whatever that value is.
1: Well, and we, we all have value. And mm-hmm. how how we figure out how to share that value, I think is part of the problem. Once we figure that out, most people want to. They they want yes. to be. you know, They want to be part. I love being part of somebody else's success. I love know, knowing that something that I did made somebody really, really happy. That's yeah. that's a good feeling, Yeah. You know? So if you've yeah. written a lot of books, how many books
2: have you written? <laughs> oh, I think we gave you a bio. I had another one come out. So I have nine. Uh, they're just, all it is, is people think writing a book is such a big deal. It's not. It's just that at the end of the year, I just would feel like, what did I learn? What do I want to share? What was the concept? So it's really just a, a it's just sort of like, a yeah, I've written a lot uh, just just because I I love condensing everything in my head into one book uh, year by year.
1: I think that's great. I really do. You know, that that's the way you can process is to get it on yes. paper. Because yep. that's, that's what I encourage a lot of people to do is to journal. Just because you got to get it out of your head. Yeah. And, so, so true. Uh, are those books on your, you know, on your oh, website? Yeah,
2: they're all in my, yeah. Yeah, we have them on our website. They're on Amazon. If you type in my name, the best the best ones really are. If you're interested in just these little bite-sized pieces of wisdom, I have a book called Mindful Moments, and it's like it's funny you use the word fortune cookie. It's kind of like a fortune cookie. You just open it up, and it just has like maybe a hundred words of something. It could be about life, about purpose, about relationships, about thoughts, and just like hundreds and hundreds of these little. Sort of uh, bite-sized pieces of, of offerings that uh, people like. It's called mindful moments, and we just came out with the recent one, the best of mindful moments. I've been writing a column here in Hawaii in one of the local, uh, one of our large publications here, and it's become quite a, a a thing. Like people will cut out the articles, and you see it all over town. And so, finally, just decided to compile them into little books.
1: Well, you know, and that's the brain our work way our brain works these days is we want little tidbits. We yes, want yeah. we want a tidbit because then we can we can think on that we can chew on that and self reflect on that. So, and is that book on Amazon?
2: Yes, it is. Thank you for asking. Yes, yes, it's on Amazon, and you just type in uh, the the best of mindful moments. I guess that's a good one. The best of mindful moments, and then that one shows up. So, so for example, if you if, if remember how we were talking about clutter and all of that. So mm-hmm. if you read in, like if you open the book and the clutter one comes up, so it'll say something like clutter, aging, and energy are all related. As you get older, the things in your home get older, the older, un- the older, the unused things you have in your home are, the more they drain your energy and the less energy you have on a day-to-day basis. The less energy we have, the older we feel. So then I just have this little guidance, right? Keep in mind that we are attached to everything in our environment, both seen and unseen, and our environment can either give us energy or drain us. Our environment is always a reflection of our inner state. And it's our inner state that influences our success in life. So it's these kinds of little things that I write about. Well,
1: I think that's, that's the way that, that I, I like information. Because I like yeah, thought pro- right? like provoking. Yeah. I'd like to get enough yeah. to set where I'm like, wow, I got to think about that instead of, oh, my gosh, that's kind of overwhelming. Right. I've got, I've got to tear that down.
2: Exactly. And it's like, you might agree or not agree. We have readers that will write in to say, I don't agree, which I love because that gives perspective to something that I haven't seen. I might not have been aware of another perspective of this particular topic. So it's kind of like a food for thought, kind of something to contemplate for the day, that kind of a purpose. So yeah, so my most recent book was, was this little bite-sized wisdom thing. Well, we've got two
1: minutes left in our show, Alice. And first off, I want to make sure that people understand how to reach you. I know your email is alice at dot com. Correct?
2: Yes, yes. And the U is the letter U, so it's your happiness and the letter U. So that's that's easy to reach me there. The website has everything, and it's your happiness and the letter u.com and then Lee. what we'll do is we'll send you that link so that people can go in the back and do a face yoga class if they want or kind of there's a there's some information on our community too we have a community called the happiness U hui hui in hawaiian means group and uh we're just like a group of like-minded individuals it's kind of led by me but really it's just a, a place where you can share your successes and have joys and challenges, and we everyone kind of helps everyone out. <laughs> That'd be great
1: if you send us that link when we, we will certainly share that because I want to look at it. I, I told you looking at those pictures, five years difference. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: and actually, actually that photo that, uh, and you'll see it on that link I give you that photo, even though it's five years different, those results happened within six months. It's just that I happened to have an uh, an old picture where I could see my jowls really clearly, uh, so it it didn't take four years. It's so fast. Well, that <laughs> is that's
1: a great note to end on that you can create change that quickly, I mean six months, and, yeah, and you mentioned yeah. earlier, you know you have a seven days there's change does not take forever, and if if there's one right. takeaway for folks, our listeners, yeah. I hope it's that. That believe in Mm -hmm. yourself, believe that change can happen and it will. Mm -hmm. Alice, thank you Mm -hmm. so much. It's been so much fun talking with you.
2: You too. I really appreciate your time and just having me. Thank you.
0: On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com.